As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast, for better or for worse. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond Rich. How we doing? Jordan, it's it's been a little while. Should we should we bring back the guided meditation? Guided or, meditation. Uh, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I, um, Twitter was was not a good place. Let me amend that. Twitter was particularly not a good place to be existing in um, yesterday afternoon. I get it. Fans are mad. It was frustrating if you're a Rams fan to sit there and watch that again. Another disappointing loss, Jordan. We're here to talk about it. Your column. Oh, by the way, I should I, I don't want to get too inside baseball with this, but like I think people would find it interesting because you've, you've built a lot of success um, writing the pile every every after almost every game but there are some times that we talk and when we used to work together more closely on the writing side you'd say there's some times where it's just it's time to pivot and there's it's time to just say you know what there's something that's so singularly singularly important that we need to scrap the pile this week and just go for it and you decided to do that uh this week and i thought that was the right move even though i'm, I'm not your editor anymore but you wrote a very focused and, uh, you know, very on point column this week about the offense and about what's going on and about how things need to change here. Just curious if you want to like walk people through that a little bit, because I know you take a lot of notes during the game. I've seen you. You've got your little pad and you're writing all kinds of things down. But at some point you just go, you know what? This this is it. This is the subject. Right. And that's what you have to address. Yeah. Um, I had someone <laughs> from the team say, wow, it must have been bad because they pulled you off the pile and into a column. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, but it's been for good things too. At the end of the um at the end of the season when the Rams were going on the run and they had these chaotic games with these really it was more of this wave of feeling that was happening. And I was fortunate to be there and I know fans who weren't able to be there wanted to know what it was like. So those kinds of things would would be columns instead of necessarily those traditional like I really love writing the pile because it gets really granular. But at the same time, there are just things that merit something more vast. Right. And I think what the Rams are facing right now is vast and it's a it's they're in an identity crisis. I don't think that it's unfixable. And in fact, this is an organization that will aggressively pursue change when things aren't working the way that they're doing it in the current moment, whether that's schematically talked with Sean McVay about that. This is a Monday afternoon that we're recording just got off zoom with Sean McVay for his day after press conference. I thought he was pretty insightful, actually pretty honest about some of the things that they're dealing with. And we'll get into that in a minute, Rich, but on the organizational side, this is going to continue to be a group that will explore all options for change. And if they believe that it will be toward the positive and they'll be aggressive in doing so, this is not a lick your wounds, maybe next year type of group. The contracts that they've structured out 
through this year and next year, that is how long they have Aaron Donald on the roster. When they no longer have Aaron Donald on the roster, that is when they rebuild. Normally, you'd think it's about a quarterback. The Rams have showed that it's not necessarily about a quarterback, although it's important to see the timeline, especially if the quarterback keeps getting beat to absolute shit like he has been in their three losses this season. Um, And if that obviously would maybe affect, you know, his tenure, unfortunately. But at the same time, you look at when Aaron Donald is no longer a Los Angeles Ram, that is when they go into full rebuild mode. That changes their entire roster, changes their entire salary structure. It changes their entire defensive scheme and what they can and can't do from back to front to back again. And it ultimately has vast ramifications on every single thing that they do from the evaluation process to the draft process to the way they use capital is him. He is the center him and Sean McVay, and I would say Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are up there too. But in terms of the way this team is built, he and Sean McVay are the center of the ecosystem. And so this is not a team that is going to sit there and and wait. It's not a team that's going to sit there and lick their wounds because their time to win these things are now, is now. I don't necessarily mean that, you know, once he just ultimately does decide to retire, that means that everyone's going to jump ship. I don't mean that at all. What I mean is everything will be a rebuild at that point, regardless of who is or is not on the roster. There are too many phases that they will have to rebuild when he is gone. So to that point, not just with the trade deadline looming, which I've been reminding people to think about in terms of what this team looks like before and after November 1st, but with the bye week looming, with with these these opportunities that they have to recalibrate and, and actually problem solve in an aggressive way. It's not going to be easy, especially because some of the injuries that they have going, but it is something that I believe will happen moving forward in terms of the pursuit of that change. They can and have made incorrect decisions or unwise decisions in the past. It's highly possible it happens again, but as a whole and collectively, this group knows what it is, knows what it is not, and knows that they are in pursuit of aggressive change. So in essence, to me, that was really important to communicate along with the fact that everything they do right now on offense is permeated with sort of the stench of the line play. And It's not that it's kind of bad and it's kind of it is record breakingly atrocious. Mm. And so that was also important to communicate. But the two are connected, not just in the way that they are currently built, which a column goes into, but also in how deep they can get into this problem solving now and in the future, how deep they can get into this problem solving. So that was a lot longer of an answer than you wanted. But again, I'm in. I'm in column mode, so no. there's a lot rattling around in my brain right now. Well, it, it, let's, I mean, let's keep going. Let's, let's keep, let's dig, dig deeper into this because you talk about change that needs to take place. And, and I caught some of what Sean said today, today being Monday afternoon. And he does what he did, what Sean does very well, which is to take some of it on himself and say, mistakes, you know, we got to clean up mistakes. Clearly, that's on me because I'm not communicating well. And I'm saying, okay. I'm not saying that's untrue. <laughs> I'm not saying that's untrue, but I, I also don't think that if the Rams cleaned up every single mistake that they made, that they'd necessarily be in the place where they need to be. I understand what Sean's saying. I don't think he's wrong. I do think that's something that they need to address. They need to be sharper in certain areas. Uh, but there's also, like you said, there's this there's this dry rot problem. Like there's 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 termites in the house. Like and and you you can talk about little mistakes, but like you've got some fundamental uh, problems here uh, Jordan and you like you said you, you can you can look from outside and and the Rams we've seen them do this time after time I mean how many years in a row now has it been whether it's Von Miller Odell Beckham Jr or Dante Fowler Austin Corbett I mean bringing in these guys mid-season who do end up making an impact so that's certainly possible that you can go out and and find somebody who can make an impact whether it's an offensive lineman 
running back. I don't know, whatever it may be, uh, it's it's possible. But really, they've got some a lot of in-house issues here that are going to have to be addressed. And as you said, and as you wrote very clearly and very, very well, uh, most of them resol- revolve around protecting Matthew Stafford and the, his availability, his ability to throw the ball without having three people in his face uh, within about two seconds. So, Jordan, let's talk practically here, okay? I mean, let, let's talk this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> a team that, oh boy, talk about uh, having some issues of its own. <laughs> um, but between now and then, you've got six days. You, you, you now have a team that has scored a total of 19 points in the last two games. Um, what can be done here. I mean, speaking practically, speaking with what they have, knowing that the personnel isn't going to change between now and Sunday, most likely, what do you think they can practically do to say, all right, here's how we can at least move the ball, at least have an average offense. Is there anything that they can do between now and then? Yeah, definitely. And to your point too, this is what they're looking at in the micro right now of, you know, Les Snead, one of his like famed Sneedisms is uh, to look at things through the microscope and the telescope at the oh, same yes. time. And so it's something that I think would be quite difficult to do correctly and to do well, but they have to look at just like you're saying, short-term personnel decisions and execution and schematic decisions to get them through that, not just this week and into the bye week where after that, they'll get a couple of guys back. Um, But long-term big personnel decisions, big changes. So that's more, we're looking at that through the, the rest of October ahead of November. That's what we're looking at in terms of the latter thing, the shorter term, we're definitely just had my coffee, as you can tell. Um, we, my third coffee, actually. Let me be honest about that. Um, so, Happy in Monday. the in the in the shorter term, yes, I do think that there are schematic fixes. Rob Havenstein. So everything about this podcast is going to come with the caveat once again that it all starts with pressure up front and with what's happening to the offensive line, which also comes in itself with, with its own caveat that they've played nine different linemen over the, you know, in, in, in uh, what five games and including a, st- a different starting lineup in every single game that they've played, um, including like reaching down to the depths of their fourth interior offensive lineman on the right side, their third center, you know, their second slash a guard that shouldn't be playing for them on a regular basis on the left side um, with the absence of of David Edwards, who is still in the concussion protocol after a scary moment oh. on um, on Sunday. So yeah. I do think that there are things to try. Rob Havenstein said that the offensive line. So Rob Havenstein, the right tackle, he led a players only meeting today, which I thought was very interesting. A players only meeting, no coaches for the offensive line specifically. And I, it sounded like, and you guys can go watch the video of Rob's interview on Rams.com. Um, it was a bit of a come to Jesus moment. It seems <laughs> like to me <laughs> and uh, seems like, it might have been a little intense, but I think that's what they need right now. They need that urgency in, in cleaning things up. And Rob Havenstein says their mindset has not been right for the last two games. I mean, it showed there Matthew Stafford in week four was pressured on 41.1% of his dropbacks. That was a season high until, uh, until Sunday in which he was pressured on 45.8% of his dropbacks and blitzed only 18.8% of the time, which is meaning they're getting pressure with four and uh, sacked five times. Line gave up a total of that looks like 45 pressures in the last two weeks. Um, When you think about the times a quarterback is dropping back to throw from either the gun or from under center, and you're realizing that Maybe it's like 20 to 40 times per game on average. And you're thinking about the amount of pressure that's coming that's quantifiable. Um, that just sort of boggles the mind. Like that's totally untenable. So, I, I, you know, a mindset thing, Rob was kind of referring to an execution thing in that regard. And I think this is an opportunity. Sean McVay sort of doubled down on this today, an opportunity to see what other guys can do. 
I don't think Jeremiah Colone, and I admire him for what he did with very little preparation and had to get thrown into the fire. And I don't envy him for that position. I do not think he is the answer for them to get them limping through this game and out of the and, and into the bye and maybe out of it, depending on where Brian Allen's health is at that point. Because Coleman Shelton's going to be out for the next about five weeks. Right. He's on injured reserve. Not season ending, but still on injured reserve. Yeah. Um, so Matt Scora could see some time. I think that that would be, you know, it's it's something to try. I don't know because I don't, we don't get to see the t- the parts of practice in which they're actually running installs and things like that. But it sounded like Sean McFay is open to that option and also Ode Abushi on the left side at left guard. You could also play him at right guard and move Alaric Jackson over to left guard. Alaric Jackson, undrafted free agent, has been probably their best lineman in a pinch overall since he got thrown into the fire. Had, a, I think, one big mess up yesterday, meaning Sunday. But overall, he entered yes, uh, Sunday's game only having given up four pressures on 119 pass rush snaps, which was by far, other than Coleman Shelton, who also had given up just four, those two had been playing the best in terms of protection, which is the number one thing that the Rams are are worried about because, and we will we'll follow back up on this in a minute, it's the number one thing that is the most glaring issue because the issues in the run game are not solely coming from what the offensive line is doing and what they are responsible for. So we're going to go back to pass pro here for a second, Rich. Yes. Because the other topic I know we're going we're gonna to do a full-on – uh, yeah. deep dive into here in a second. But in terms of the pass pro, you know, mixing things up in that regard, um, like we said last week, getting the quick game going, getting some of the motions and stuff that they they did. You could see they did some double backfield stuff. When they were seeing some positive success, it was because they had gotten some misdirection going, aligning Cooper Cup in different ways. Aligning, again, not just throwing garbage time plays to Allen Robinson, um, aligning him in different ways, which you could see them start to try to do. And then they went away from it. And then, you know, you know what hit the fan and Brandon Powell um, maybe could have housed a, housed a ball, housed a, housed a a carry if he didn't slip on the turf and fall like these types of things on sweeps and, and motions. And they're going to have to do these things until Van Jefferson is healthy after the bye week And they're going to have to scheme around what is a truly embattled offensive line. And the offensive line has to play better and the offensive line has to get healthy. So yeah. a combination of variables in the passing game, it was very striking to me to hear Sean McVay, not once, but twice say, we have to get Matthew Stafford more help. I don't, I wouldn't say anyone on the planet, including Sean, including Matthew, would say that he's been perfect here. But for Sean McVay to come out of the gate and say, not only in the same mouthful, in the same breath, as he's saying like things like players have to execute better, you know, that it's not just on the coaches, that it's not just him putting everything on himself. It's he's talking about mental mistakes. And and that in combination with saying we have to get Matthew Stafford more help, to me, that was very, very striking. For sure. And I don't disagree with him, but let, let, let's keep, as, as you like to say, let's keep pulling on this thread a little yes. bit because what, to what extent, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make a point here. It's a legit, legitimate question, but it, to what extent does, does Sean as, as the head coach, as the play caller specifically, when you talk about getting Matthew Stafford some help, um, I think Sean has some responsibility in that too. In yeah, terms and of, that's what he that's what he said. Yeah. He, it was like all encompassing. It was like in pass sure. in pass protection, in the passing game, in the scheme, in the calls, in the run game, all of those things. Yeah. So is is that what we're looking at here? You know, it's funny. I I, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday. We we toward the very end of last week's podcast, we kind of made the joke about like you know running the offense like. Like, you know, how to move the ball when you can't pass block or whatever it was and <laughs> kind of made. But I wonder, Jordan, I mean, not to get too simplistic about it, but do you almost have to do that? Like, do you almost have to sit there and go, you know what? Let, let's let's play act like we're facing four Aaron Donalds next week and like whatever we have to do to get that ball out, whether it's a one step and a throw, whether it's whatever it may be. I mean, do you have to go back that far in your in your scheme or whatever and simplify it that much just so you just so you know you can move the ball? But I, or are there things within what I mean? Obviously, Sean is a 
creative genius. He's, he's spent five years now building these layers upon layers in his offense that we that we talked about. Can he still do that within what he likes to do, knowing that there's just not the, the, the protection up front to do it? So I don't know whether there's a question in there for you, Jordan, but I but do you understand like it, can he can he continue to operate within that same ecosystem that he operates in or does he just have to like tear that up and, and do something different? Well, actually, I counter your question with a question because I think it will help me lead to the next point. Has he ever had a quick game? Because when you think about like Jared Goff, though, when you think about because Jared Goff had that real big, long wind up, right? Like he had that Mm -hmm. long wind up for the throw, the looping play action, the boot, all of that stuff. That was that was the Jared Goff game. And it worked really well for them for a while, but it was all mid range downfield crossers. Those backside digs off the play action, like a bunch of those types of things that the Rams were then doing out of shotgun and and out of empty sets and all of those things without the play action with great success, mind you. Um, They were Mm -hmm. also playing very well up front um, on the offensive line. And so for me, it's like almost like, do you do you have to not only do you do you if you're in his brain, which. I don't know Ooh. if I could survive a minute in that guy's brain. There's a lot going but, on up there. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're in his brain, do you just think to yourself, okay, I've never really truly run a quick game? Kind of like how they do not have the horses for 12 personnel. I'm sorry. I hear everyone screaming on freaking Twitter about this. I know. It, I okay. Know. They, they, they they are not they don't have the guys for 12 personnel unless they pull up some of these really young inexperienced tight ends kendall blanton blanton is a pass catching mismatch tight end um that that is no disrespect to him at all that's why they liked him that's why they brought him in that is the value that he has added to their offense in in ways that we've definitely seen tyler higby is their guy to be a blocking tight end and can catch the ball as we've seen and rumble and all that stuff. But they're not They're. It, I would be stunned if this is a group that thinks that that's the answer. You could see more of it. Sure. Yeah. And certainly you could maybe use Ben Skronik or all those things. I, it, they, and between this and running back, I don't believe that this is a group where that is your efficient answer is to load up on 12 P, which is what they did back in, um, what'd you say? 20, 2019. Right. right? And, and load up on 12 P and just run the ball. Just like, like Andrew Whitworth always says, when you're taking on water, run it at him. Like that's, (laughs) I don't know that they can do that with this group. I don't know. I don't know if that's the most efficient option to me. When I see that you've got guys who can work the underneath areas of the field that in Allen Robinson, who, um, you know, no, I wouldn't say that like maybe that's his strength, but he's got a big catch radius and he's a big target and he can create space for himself underneath. If you get set him up for any sort of success and you spring him on some of the stuff that you're springing Higby on, like you can do that. Um, yeah. If you you definitely can turn a four yard pass into a 75 yard touchdown with Cooper Cup, you definitely can get Brandon Powell more involved on sweeps and motions yeah. and handoffs, work him into the running game. If you're mad that your two running backs aren't doing the things that you want them to do and in terms of being versatile and in terms of of getting some of that quick game stuff going, load one up with Brandon Powell on the other side in a double backfield and get some shit moving. Like, I really think that that is maybe the more efficient with the personnel they have currently, with the line that they have, with the blocking catastrophe that they're undergoing right now, even with Tyler Higby on the roster, even with Kendall Blinn, even with uh, Jacob, uh, excuse me, um, Ben Skoranek on the roster, the catastrophe that they're facing there, like to me, that means get the ball out, wear out a pass rush, get the quick game going, make him run sideline to sideline, take some shots downfield to Cooper Cup, even hell to Tutu Atwell, who caught a great pass on Sunday. Pick your He's spot. alive. Do He's the alive. Thing that Aaron Rodgers had sort of alluded to with a little bit of that that signature smirk that you've seen on film, where the moment he knows he'll break the shell because they'll get you moving side to side, especially with those two backs that they have. And I and they're not doing okay. They're not n- nothing is going right for them right now. It seems like, but in general, just overall philosophically, get get this pass rush worn out moving side to side get the Mm. ball moving quickly get get some tempo going don't sub and that's again it kind of gets into the tutu problem 
But that's why I'm saying use Brandon Powell. Like bring yeah. Tutu in for the deep shots. Okay, he can do that. You saw it. They had single the 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 Cowboys were in single high, I think for most, if not all, of the game against against the Rams. Right. And so it's like, okay, break break that then. Go take take the deep shots, pick and pick and pick and do the thing. Move the ball down the field. They've put together some efficient drives. If you can't depend on your run game, which that's going to be the whole other thing that we get to. But in terms yeah. of the passing game, it might be more efficient for them than lo- trying to load up on 12 personnel with guys, people that cannot block yeah. and running backs who maybe aren't as effective as they need to be right now and blocking concepts in the run game that are, maybe aren't as effective as they need to be right now. Although it's a jury's kind of out on that situation. It's a little bit of a Rorschach test. Yeah. And it might be more efficient to use the guys that you do have available and recalibrate in that way. It is a little bit more of a higher risk, I think, than if you're able to load up on 12P and move the ball down the field slowly and methodically and fall forward and be Sony Michelle. You don't have Sony Michelle. And yeah. you you don't have Bryson Hopkins. Yeah. And, you know, for for all the issues that maybe he's been dealing with, like in some of the learning curve stuff, like the dude could put someone on their back. Right. You know, and, right. and you don't have extra, you don't have extra tackles. Joe Noteboom is your starting left tackle. You're not running him as a tight end. You can't. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I just think I'm yelling now. Someone said we should put these on video so they can see how many times I'm <laughs> waving my hands around. I'm sorry for yelling. I'm not yelling at you guys. I'm just yelling. Um, it's like, to me, that, that tempo and that pace and that like push, 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 but in a way that's like very... Um, that utilizes the people you have in efficient ways. And like, you know, you've seen maybe a little bit of it in flashes too. Uh, yesterday, Sunday, you saw maybe a little bit of it in flashes of, of getting some of that quick game, that tempo, that like sort of backbreaking stuff for a pass rush going. But then yeah. something would happen. There'd be some sort of mistake or some some pressure would pop and there's a fumble and then they're down and they have to go to a different type of game because they're in a deficit. And like all kinds of stuff can go off the rails. But that's right. that's genuinely what I think is a maybe more efficient and effective option considering the personnel they do have right now to get them going enough into the bye week and maybe a little bit afterwards. And then I think you are looking at some, some guys getting healthy and then some changes. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Munt isn't walking through that door. So, you know, that's what you mean. That, that's what got them turned around that one year. Right. I, like you said, they all run together. I think it was 2019, but it, they started to put a Johnny Munt in there with Tyler Higby and all of a sudden it unlocked some things. Well, you don't have that now. It's just not how the team was constructed. They didn't think, that this was something that they were going to have to think about. Um, so you can't really blame them for not being able to see around a blind corner. But I totally agree with you, Jordan. Like, and, and this is kind of the point that I'm making is like, you've got to work with what you've got. And y- you just have to maximize what you have. And the answer is not dropping Matthew Staff- Stafford back in a deep pocket and hoping for the best. Like, it's just... I don't know how many times you think you're going to do it and that it'll work the 50th time, but it's not going to work the 50th time. Like you've, you've just got to try something different. And that's why, again, I'm kind of joking about the, you know, the Aaron Donalds, but what is it that frustrates Rams fans so much when teams move the ball? (laughs) That's it, right? It's that's when you get all the questions on Twitter, right? Why are they playing so soft, Jordan? Why are they playing in a shell? Well, that is because these teams know Hey, you've got Aaron Donald coming at you like a friggin' bullet train. Uh, you you can't expect to hold the ball forever, or he's going to knock you down. So, like, that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Is it's not ideal. It's not the way that you want to move the ball. Uh, but it, given the circumstances and given the inability to do pretty much everything else that you want to do, you gotta look at something else. And and I know the Rams. You know they're. They try to set up the, the little, you know, tunnel screens or whatever you call them to, to make space that way. And OK, that's fine. But you're still counting on you like you, you just got to get it out, like whatever it is. And you've got the guys to make it work. Like you said, Jordan, Cooper Cup turns a four yard catch into a 75 yard touchdown. One handed, by the way. Um, Insane. Ben's blocking on that. I'm sorry. I will oh, never no, not. he was great. Yeah. I no, will please, never yeah. not like shadow blocking. Like, right. I just right. I had this image of and I tweeted this. I had this 
he was shadow blocking downfield so he didn't make any contact with anybody but he just sort of ran in an odd direction in order to just kind of moves it's kind of like we were talking the other day about moving tutu off a landmark it's what safeties do so he kind of like moved them off their landmark toward the contact point of, of cooper to to make the tackle just by sort of cutting across them and he had his, his like his arms were waving it was like it reminded me of Phoebe from French. She was like, that's not running. This is running. Let's go. I, like waving her. Arms over the I know. I know you were at the game, obviously, <laughs> but, but on the, on the broadcast, I mean, Greg Olson just could not get enough of Ben Skoranek. Like he was just, he was just fascinated with him and, and everything that he did. It was just, it was really funny to like, listen to like, he was just fanboying out for like everything that, that Ben was doing. So yeah, but this is it. Right. And then, and, and again, not ideal, not what you want, but you can't not, not to put too fine of a point on this, but you can't lose to the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. Like not, you can't not then and not now. No, not ever. <laughs> no, uh, but you you can't go into that by two and four. Like you, you like, and so that's what I'm saying. Like you've you've got to look at this holistically and say, what do we got? What do we got? And what can we do with it? And it's not going to be what we want to do with it. We we don't want to you know just uh, oh yeah throw the cheap little you know dinks and ducks and try to get down the field, but. If that's the best option, if that's the only option, then then you've got to take it. And Rich and oh, man, I'm fired up. Like if you can marry that with tempo and you don't have to sub, if you can marry that with tempo, you can wear the hell out of a defense, especially one that's already missing some some key personnel or seems like it will be missing some key personnel, especially one that is like situationally. I mean, you want to talk about going through some tough times, first of all feel terrible for the the Panthers players and the fan base. And they're dealing with a lot this week, obviously, because uh, of all the changes and and the coach and the coordinators getting fired. And and um, I do think, I just want to say this, I know Steve Wilkes um, and Al Holcomb, and I think they will do an outstanding job. Um, and I, I, I think that they, um, they just are, they are always the right people to lead a group. And I think they will do that um, this time around too. But to get back on track, they're reeling. They're going through some stuff, right? right and right. what is the thing? And it's like, it's a psychological effect too, Rich, where when we sit there and we like field all of these questions and these comments about how infuriating it is to watch quarterbacks pick in small pieces away at, and they're, and at times not even by going tempo, sometimes going tempo, but at times not even going tempo to totally eliminate the Rams pass rush and force the, uh, you know, the DBs into that shell because you never know when the explosive is going to pop. I think that like, think about channeling that in the other direction. Exactly. (laughs) Think about how excruciating that would be for someone else. Exactly. (laughs) yeah. Don't channel it at me. Don't tweet it at me. <laughs> Think about how excruciating that would be. I mean, right, really, but right. but to add tempo, this team does tempo like nobody else in the league. Mm-hmm. This team can crush a tempo when they don't have to sub, when they have the right personnel. They can mix up pre-snap formations. They got a quarterback who can see the field extremely quickly. And when he's given the opportunity, can can get the ball where it needs to go and be efficient. And you saw you you see this, but imagine weaponizing all of that into the right direction, utilizing the players that they do have. You don't have a bunch of big, heavy extra linemen. They're all playing. Exactly. Your your third, fourth, and fifth linemen who'd be your extra active on game day, they've got to start for you now. So you've got to figure out another way to do this. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. 
Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh my gosh, this is just, I feel like we could just keep going and going. I know, I'm really fired up, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's it's all (laughs) such such great stuff. But I I do want to pivot into the run game. And But I just, the the thought that popped into my head and just like, I I know you mentioned this too, but David Edwards, like I, I, like I I just felt sick, you know, seeing him. Uh, you know, going down and, and holding his head. And I, I don't I'm not going to read anything more into it. I'm not going to go any deeper than that. But like I just I'm not, I'm not trying to be melodramatic about it either. But I literally felt like that feeling that you have in like the top of your stomach that was like, oh, no, yeah. like so, uh, it, you know, just hope for the best for, you know, independent of whatever we're talking about with the offensive line and what needs to improve or anything like that. I just I hope that guy is OK. And, you know, hope to, that we, we were able to see him back on the on the field, um, you know, as soon as he's healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and I know you feel the same way. Um, but the, the run game, Jordan. And like, I, I, I know my role here. Right. And and part of it is to be. I know. Uh, I, I got part- into a, a small, a small tiff. It wasn't a tiff. I got into a oh. small tiff with you on Twitter uh, right out of the gate. Not not as, not really a tiff. I don't even know what to call that. What did I say? Oh, you the run on third and one. You didn't like it. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't like actually. Or I no, didn't the mind the, I didn't, the pass on third right. and one. You didn't like it. But I. I think they I, I, were testing yeah. the single high. Oh, they, they totally were. And that, yeah. that was very poor wording on my part. I didn't I didn't like the idea that you come out and pass the ball three times more about right. first and second right, down right, right. that, you know, you're trying to settle down your offensive linemen and, you know, you pass the ball twice. Now they got nine yards. So you can say, well, they got nine yards, but I still just didn't like it in theory. Like you're trying to get your offensive linemen calmed down like the What's the tell me the Whitworth quote again when you're. Uh, when you're taking on water, just run it at him. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> I like that. I got to write that down. That's good. Um, I liked it a lot. But but walk me through this, Jordan, because I have a clear bias and I'm and I'm not going to uh, walk away from that. Rich but is waving his notebook around. I am by the waving way. I want my notebook at the screen. <laughs> yeah, this is my Rams uh, play by play. But, you know, I, I have people who. You know, like I go on the rant, right? And I go, I, I take it too far. And people say, Rich, they just can't run the ball. They just can't run the ball. And I'm like, okay, that's not the answer. You can't just say the Rams can't run the ball. All right, well, uh, let's let's throw away that half of the offense and just worry about passing it. They, they have to be able to run the ball. And Sean McVay said directly after last night's game, got to find a way to run the ball. Uh, the question that we're talking about here is what's the most effective way to do it? What's the smartest way to do it? Who is the, the, the most effective to, to run it with? So I, I got nowhere to go with this, Jordan. I'm going to throw it open to you. I know Sean dire- uh, addressed this a little bit today in, in what he said. So where are they with this? And like, again, going back to what we just said, given the circumstances, given everything that we know is in place and is unchangeable at the moment, what what is the what is the path here? What is the scenario that can actually have them run the ball for more than two point two yards per run or whatever it was? Yeah, it's so if you guys go today to listen to whenever they posted at some point on the team website, Sean McVay Zoom presser today. He does one every Monday or you know Tuesday or Friday, depending on when the game was the the night the day before, and. If you go listen to this one, you can first and foremost, you can hear me totally butcher a question about offensive line continuity. Um, and that's uh, something that I'm still very embarrassed about. And then second, you can <laughs> you can hear Sean, I think very actually pretty honestly answer a question about the run game. Um, at the very end of the press conference, I put my hand up again. We're in a queue. 
and you put your you click your little raise hand button and they call on you. And then sometimes if you have a follow up question, you after you've asked your other questions, you click the little button again and then you hope that you get called on. And so I got called on again at the very end. And I just asked because he was talking about problem solving. And I'm like, well, he said the entire offseason that his number one priority was overhauling the run game and he, they needed to fix the run game because it's been two years now where it's not been probably longer. But like, you know, there could be some understandable, you know, yeah. Cam, Cam Akers was a rookie. So they still sure. had a better run game in what 2020 and all this stuff. Anyway, Todd Gurley's so, 100% healthy knee. Yeah. Was, was an issue. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> miss miss those years. But yes. um, so uh, I I just help us understand, like, if you're talking about problem solving without blaming, which is the way that they're trying to be constructive and fixing this, then help us understand what is wrong with it. You said you were going to this was going to be your number one focus. So what is wrong with it? And um, actually thought he answered it very, very well in that and I wrote it all down. I mean, I didn't write the entire quote down because I was mm-hmm. re- handwriting and I, I read in shorthand. But basically, there's a number of things that he listed out and I can kind of translate some of them, I think. So versatility being one of them. So that's versatility in concept, right? They they aren't moving the ball with enough uh, versatility and expertise in the concepts that they need to be versatile in. Okay. That's my translation of that consistency and opportunities, which can, which refers to a number of things from, um, the play being called to the blocks being executed by all 11 players, um, by, by the running backs, finding the holes and, and hitting them the way that they need to be. Um, execution is something he listed, which kind of goes hand in hand and, uh, and consistency and opportunities also means whether or not they are sticking to the run, um, instead right. of deviating from the run. Um, he he said uh, missing blocks, uh, missing combinations, um, playing to the looks that the defenses are giving them. So I would probably use that single high shot, you know, that, that pass on third and one sure. as maybe a direct example of playing to the look um, when the box is loaded up and they only have one guy defending the backfield um, right. or the defensive backfield. Um, he also said there's a lack of identity and the strongest they've ever been is when they not only had an identity, but also versatility within that identity, which kind of goes back to some of the the technical points and the execution and some of the playbook stuff. Okay. So then he's saying um, the backs missing on some opportunities and missing some things. And also he's saying injuries to the offensive line. And Mm -hmm. also he's saying when they haven't had running backs in all their practices. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes back to that training camp period when Cam and Daryl were, Limited, I think that's what that sort of refers to in my mind, because they haven't right. been on the injury report. So allegedly, that means they haven't missed practice. Right. So that would go back to that long period of time in training camp where they missed a ton of time yeah. with identical soft tissue injuries that healed on the exact same day. So, yeah. um, as you recall, mm-hmm. so all of this, all of this is. Is it's a thing, right? Like yeah. it's, a, it's a words. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It, it, I think it's helpful in the sense of understanding how nuanced this problem is and how multi it's like whack-a-mole, right? Every time yeah. they've got one problem solved, something else pops up and you only have so many arms and so many hammers. Right. And I think that that is part of what's going on here. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's as simple as just sticking to it. I think that um, you can feel sometimes that in some of the, um, in maybe some of the body language or in some of the comments, like you can feel sometimes that maybe players would maybe like to stick with it. But with that comes hand in hand execution and versatility and not being solvable by the defense and um, the looks that they're giving you and all of those types of things. So it's a multifaceted nuanced problem. I thought that was a pretty honest answer from Sean McVay. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, you, you summarized it really well. I I am going to go back and and watch the video. Skip I, I over my butchering of my question. No, that's that's a that. great question. No, um, no, that question was fine. The one that no, I asked in my normal time was no. not. Yeah, I butchered that. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, all right. We'll, we'll we'll cut the we'll edit that out of our video. Um, I don't think he's wrong about any of that. I I think he's absolutely spot on about some of that stuff. And I, I'm not saying it's easy. And I also don't think the answer is. Yeah, just hand the ball off forty times. Like that—that's not what I'm saying. Like a lot of it is situational. Um, 
on top of everything that he said there, I, I wonder, like, and, and this probably plays into identity now that I'm starting to say it, but I just don't get a sense that either one of those guys have a have a rhythm or an identity of, of what they're doing um, in that offense. It, it just, to me, it just kind of feels like you cross your fingers and, and hope that one of them kind of catches catches fire like i don't see anything that's making me go okay i understand what they're doing here they're trying to establish this and then they're going to that it just kind of feels like oh cam gets a few carries and eh, it didn't work you know throw daryl in there give it a shot um they just don't feel like they're in any kind of rhythm that they're feeling it at all cam has that opportunity i don't i don't i was i was waving my notebook earlier i should have been looking at it um to, to find the play that that got highlighted but you know, look, this is not easy. I'm not saying I could do a 10th of what he does, but, you know, he gets the ball and there is wide open turf to, to his left if he sees it. And all he has to do is make one cut. And he's seriously going to pick up about 20 yards if he does it. But he just doesn't see it. Apparently, I, he, he clearly doesn't because he would have gone there if he did. And uh, to me, that's just the sort of thing where you go. Gosh, if if all these other things are going to be going wrong, if all those other things that Sean McVay talked about are going to be going wrong, you got to be able to see that. You got to be able to see that that hole and and take advantage of those opportunities when they're there. And it just feels like they're not doing it right now. It just doesn't feel like there's any momentum in the run game. It doesn't feel like there's any juice behind it. And I, I I say this as as a run game enthusiast. But uh, I don't think that this just handing the ball off 25, 30 times, I don't think it's it's something that you work yourself into. Uh, I, I don't I didn't blame them at all when they went away from it. It clearly wasn't working. I mean, they had two negative plays in a row there on that one drive. They were clearly trying. They were cl- clearly trying different things. And I think they got swallowed up for like a minus four and a minus two or something like that. So, you know, how can you expect them to go back to it? Um it's tough, Jordan. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer here is. I don't think it's entirely about the offensive line. Like I, I just, I, I feel like there's, there's certainly a big part of it. You certainly need the blocks, but it just seems like the whole thing is just a little bit out of sync right now, especially for a team and a coach who, like you said, put a lot of thought into this and and put a lot of time into thinking how it could get better. And really, it seems like it's going backward rather than going forward. Which is a great segue into ah. uh, they did not draft like it, we think about it this way, too. They're talking about they've been you can see they've been trying to find versatility and identity at the same at, and make them sort of marry each other and be one in the same thing. Right. Like they they want that versatility. Like that's what a Sean McVay dream run game is, is being able to he talked about this. When right, you know, right before Cam, unfortunately, did have the torn Achilles, he talked about that was the year where they were going to start marrying some of the gap power stuff with the outside zone stuff and that Daryl and Cam. And at that time, you know, Malcolm Brown um, was running some of the heavier downhill stuff. And, um, you know, Daryl and Cam were going to be able to split some of the more versatile concepts. And Cam especially was going to get worked into the passing game. I think Daryl, you know, has actually become you know, relatively trusted in the passing game in that regard. I think some of the ops he's had have been unfortunate timing errors and stuff, but um, they, those guys, you know, Cam was not drafted to be the guy who runs and falls forward after contact. He's the one who is supposed to be able to do some of that versatile stuff and the elusive stuff. And yeah, he can be a power runner. We've seen that, especially when he's had some of the blocking, especially with, you know, Ben Skronik in the eye and some of those things that we saw work really well against the Cardinals. Like he has, he can do that stuff, but I think they're looking for more versatility and identity with backs that maybe don't fit what they think they're looking for or in Mm. combination, some of the development hasn't fit what they thought they were looking for in the first place. And then they bring back Malcolm Brown and that's a lot of it's like pass pro. He had a great pass pro pickup, by the way, near the end of the game um, on Sunday. But in terms of like your Sony Michelle guy, I mean, Mm. you could try to get Malcolm going in that regard, but you really don't have, you know, that you need a fall forward guy or you yeah. need they they don't have that. But it's also like they never demanded that of them in the first place. It was supposed right. to be something different. And so now 
just I think the some of the philosophy is at, at at odds with itself. I think there's some personnel issues where guys maybe and you kind of heard this from Sean in terms of trying to get people to reach their full potential. You still want to see that, but I think in terms of all these things he listed and what and what you said in terms of um, you know finding that identity, the juxtaposition of how he was talking about Kyron Williams. Ah. And the name I had not thought of. Yeah. 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 How he was talking about Kyron Williams in terms of that versatility when he yeah. was in Cincinnati, they were working him in all kinds of concepts. Um, and no, he's not a downhill back. But again, in terms of that that versatility within the identity and maybe not necessarily knowing you can do some of those two back sets, even with a receiver on the other side, and not necessarily knowing if it's a pass, which which you know, person it's going to go to or those types of things. I think that 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 was really a telling couple of weeks for me because he's also bringing up the fact that it's been hard that they haven't had some of their they've had backs who have missed practices. And to to actually say that, I mean, again, like we're not hearing that at the time. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. this is this is all sort of coming to a uh, I don't want to say a boiling point, but it's all right. sort of building and they, they've got to figure this out and they've got to move in one direction or the other. They can't, if they yeah. are trying to do the versatility thing um, and are frustrated about it, it's like, well, what, what do you need to simplify and what do you need to compound? Yeah. What yeah. types of things, again, accentuating what your players do or moving away from that if they, if you feel finally that maybe they can't do what you need them to do. And I don't know what the answer is for the run game either. I think that this, this answer really illustrated that there's a ton of things, a ton of threads to pull at. And maybe um, part of the problem has been, which one do you pull at first? And (laughs) maybe that's been part of the issue here. Yeah, that's, that's a great point because you don't, yeah, you don't know what the, what the first step you need is. I mean, you could say it's obvious to say that it's blocking, that may be true, but uh, there's there's a lot that that goes hand in hand with that. And yeah, I don't. You met. I mean, I was I was going back and forth with a few people on Twitter last night, all of whom were were um, great. But uh, you know, at one point that came up. I said, you know, I don't know. I said, I'm just throwing this out here. Like, don't I don't want to go too far with this. But maybe maybe you do look at Malcolm Brown. I mean, just knowing the style of runner that he is, it's been a while since mm-hmm. I've seen him in you know any real game action. And uh, you know, again, I don't know how he's going to look in practice or whatever. Uh, but to our point of going circling back to where we started with this using your personnel in a way that's going to help you move the ball by any means necessary. I mean, that is the, you are in the break glass in case of emergency stage of, of this offense right now. And like, whatever it's going to be, uh, they, they need to look at it and yeah, you, it's gotta be frustrating for those guys. Like I'm sure McVeigh looks at, Cam Akers and looks at Daryl Henderson and and sees the potential of what could be, you know, if everything was perfect, what could be here, but it's not. And it's, it's, it's just not there. And it's not something that seems like it's going to correct itself magically um, in a week or two weeks, or I, I don't know how long it's, it's going to take, but, uh, but, but it's, it's a real problem. And I, I think Sean understands this. I mean, as much as I, you know, joke on Twitter or whatever, I, I, I the last thing I think is that Sean McVay is dumb and doesn't understand uh, that, that, that he needs to run the ball or that the run offense needs to be a part of what he's doing. I, I think he understands it. I think he clearly understands it. It's just, He's got to find a way here uh, to to maximize that, and and I, I don't know if I knew what the answer was, I'd I'd be I'd proudly brag it uh, to everybody, but uh, but it, it's just not there right now, Jordan. And then I don't know, you know, I don't know how to fix that. Meanwhile, yes, special teams took us on a freaking roller coaster oh, ride. Boy, did my they. God. How many, uh, so that's two punt blocks. Two punt blocks right and both the, the same way. Yeah, both the same way. Matt Orjak, he's been dealing with some, like, a leg injury and all of that. Luckily, he made the tackle uh, on the play. And luckily, yeah. the defense then held in that moment uh, very close to, if I'm recalling correctly, very close to their own goal line, um, which yeah. has sort of started to become a... A pattern for them um, allowed just the one touchdown on Sunday and 
Um, then we're put, you know, six of those points came off the strip sack fumble by Matthew Stafford. That was a touchdown. And the same guy who makes that play Jeez. blows up the punter. And, yeah. and, you know, then on the, and yeah. then on the other token, um, you know, Brandon Powell has a great return that sets the offense up at the 29 Ugh. from which they get no points because of a missed First of all, the offense blew it, but then also a missed field goal that yeah. a penalty backed them up out of what would have been a more manageable field goal range by right. Matt Gay, who hasn't missed all year until that moment <laughs> on a 51-yarder. And then they fake a punt and they get it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want I don't know how to feel. <laughs> it was such a like you could almost feel it coming in hindsight because like I, it was a few drives earlier where the the Rams like went into, you know, some kind of safety mode because I think they feared that the the Cowboys were going to fake a punt. And then in hindsight, I'm kind of like, yeah, this was in their head, wasn't it? Like they were thinking like it was almost like they were projecting a little bit like, oh, we know we're going to try a fake uh, later. Uh, great throw by Riley Dixon. I mean, he just he, he got it right in. I don't think his arm is quite as strong as Johnny Hecker's was. Well, I think uh, it's a little uh, confidence thing because I see he throws to the DBs in practice every day. So yeah. I do see that and I he can sling it. But I think it's a little I thought it. I think it's a little confidence thing because because yeah. also what was great about that and the detail about that. I don't know if anyone saw this on the TV because the TV broadcast often removes these parts of the games, but it was either last. Maybe it was last week. I think it was last week. Uh, I, I don't know. Time has mm-hmm. no meaning. Um, so they had Jalen Ramsey out on the return team and he was aligned in the enforcer position. And Brandon Powell almost lateral pass to him for a return. They did and, show that setup. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was like, I was like, oh, they're working on this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so then I see Dixon, uh, you know, throw into the DBs and practice this last week. Obviously, something that we are not able to report on in real time. No. And so he, you know, Jake Gervas, who, you know, just kind of cut right right across and, and convert. It was a great play. But man, those guys. They sent us on a roller coaster ride. I mean, it's got to get cleaned <laughs> up. It, it's you know turnovers that lead to points. Like right. can't can't have that. Can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, certainly has to get cleaned up. But in terms of the the detail on this fake that I loved was so there were a couple of pretty blatant missed calls in this game. And I'm not somebody who bitches about the refs ever. Like I just it's just not my thing. I'm not. Yeah. You know, it's it, to me. There are some really blatant ones. I think across the league, there were a couple of them, but like so, like a roughing call or something like that with um, the Falcons. Oh, yes. That was pretty, pretty obscene. Yes. And yeah. and so that's I get that. Like credit to you know people who can provide thoughtful commentary on that. It's just not ever, ever something I've done. Yeah. But a couple of those, like Allen Robinson, the the would be touchdown catch, he's draped all across his back. Yeah. You know, wearing the the DB like a cape. Um, and then it's like. Um, you know, the the one on the other side, it was like Cam Akers on the trick play. I think he got uh hand. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah. stuff like that. That was really bad. Um, and then there, you know, so I forgot where I was going with this point. We made it edit this part out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. We can leave it. I've got the point. I've recovered the plot. So there was one really bad non-call. It was on the third down right before the fake punt. Sean McFay sprinted down the entire sideline just to scream. Yes several profanities at this ref for clearly, I mean, it was a very blatant, blatant missed call. And so for me, the, the punt fake call was kind of like an FU play. It was kind of like, yeah, Yeah. fine. I'll, I'm going to do this because I'm so mad. And I'm like, maybe be that mad more, you know, (laughs) angry sharks, (laughs) angry sharks. Yes. Yeah. No, I, what's funny is I had seen, I think maybe on Twitter or something that it was actually pointed out that that crew is, is kind of known or statistics show that they uh, don't call a lot of penalties, which in, uh, all things being equal, I'm kind of in favor of like, I don't want, I don't want it to be the ref show, but, but boy, there was a lot of that. And I mean, even like, I know, I know you can look at every play and find holding pretty much, but boy, were there some egregious, like, I mean, I, uh, Aaron Donald, uh, I think, I think he, you know, they, they threw a flag on one, but I'm on, Oh man, this guy's just like, I mean, he's getting lassoed like around the neck, like every other play. And they're, and they're just not, 
throwing the flag. So yeah. And, and some of those pass interference, like I get it, you're going to allow some contact going down the field, but man, when guys are getting, like you said, when these guys are getting draped on or, or yeah. getting, you know, plowed into like, you gotta call those. Like, I'm sorry. I know we're trying to give the receivers, uh, whatever we're, we're, we're trying to allow some contact or whatever, but, um, you, you just, yeah, that's, it's, it's, I, I don't like the precedent that that sets. So yeah, and the um, same people, by yeah. the way, the same people who get mad about Aaron Donald's little warm up drill that's actually intentional, <laughs> and all the people go through, and right. all, all of the D linemen do, but somehow just the clip of him doing it goes viral. The people, the same people that are all that are mad about that specific incident right. are also the ones that somehow don't see all the times right. people are literally wrapped around his Choke neck holds. to try to pull him yeah. down. Yeah, so yeah. that's. Yeah. That's where our discourse is at, I think, Rich. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Um, well, look, we, we would be remiss. I mean, look, the, the defense, we've spent almost an hour here talking about the offense, but I, I don't know what you want. Like, again, and we're, we're back in the same place here uh, with, with the defense. I mean, one very big, high-profile play uh, that ends up, again, you know, two missed open field tackles. Uh, you don't want to see it. There's let, Let's... Let's fully acknowledge bad play. You don't want to see it. It's a splash yeah. play. You, We're it, just it, outside of the run fit. Yeah, you. Probably, it, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah. But, but but it's one play, and and again the defense comes in. What is it? They missed the extra point, so sixteen points. Uh, you know, basically uh, allowed by the by the defense. Take away the the early touchdown. Sixteen points, and and essentially one one big play um, out of that. That should be enough. Uh, we it's the you can just go back. We don't need to talk about it. Go back and listen to last week's podcast to what we said about the defense. Essentially the same C- kept them in the game. Jordan, like you said, after the punt block, they've got the ball, I think, at the 20 yard line um, and and very easily could have should have given up uh, a, a touchdown there and and don't and and hold uh, 25. Excuse me. They, they, they get the um, no, it is the 20. They got the ball back at the 20 yard line. Uh, Elliot runs for five yards, uh, two incomplete passes, and they make a field goal to make it nine to nothing. Very easily should have, could have been 13 to nothing right now. And then you're really behind the eight ball. Um, but the defense time and time again, kept them in it, gave, gave them a chance and, and they just couldn't, uh, the offense just, just couldn't capitalize. So a weird place, Jordan, a weird place to be sitting here talking about, um, how uh, the Rams defense is keeping them in these games and the offense just cannot do what you would consider to be the average um to to you know to win these games so yeah i I think the positive too is this defense isn't even in its final form like it's playing really well right now and it's not even taking the ball away at the rate when they again can get more pressure with four and match routes and do the things that they do aggressively um when they actually are in that complementary russian coverage that we have seen that they have done in the past when they are rushing successfully. And I thought one of the coolest things is Aaron Donald in a wide nine, which I call a wide 99. And I know that's Uh, a niche joke uh and I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I was so proud of it. (laughs) I like that. And so, and I love that, that you're getting him in space that way. I, I, that is one of the coolest things I've seen in, in a while. And it it just was awesome. Objectively as a fan of this game and a geek about this game. I freaking love that. Next line him up at fullback. Um, (laughs) There you go. There there you go. go. We found the answer. We We found found the the magic bullet. Well, I felt sorry for that right tackle at times. I'm just like, Oh my God, this poor kid. (laughs) Oh, Aaron carried him with him on one of those sacks. He did. So it's like, that's the thing. This, this group, they were, so they were rushing well in that type of thing. The, The thing is, and Jalen Ramsey had a sack. That was a really impressive play that yeah. he made. I didn't even, if I didn't see him coming and I had an all 22, 22 view, yeah. um, no way Cooper Rush saw him coming. No, not it a chance. Brutal. Total blindside yeah. too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so those types of things, that was positive. You could build off that. But this group is not in its final form in the sense that it's still going to want to take the ball away. These guys have said this. They want to take the ball away. And what seems to be an interesting thing missing from some of the discourse and certainly some of the mentions or the comments that I've seen floating around there is mm-hmm. the fact that these guys are also missing a wide variety of starters on the back end yeah. and are still crushing yeah. it, limiting the explosive passing plays. It's yeah. like a catch and run with 70 billion missed tackles on Debo Samuel. And then it's nothing. 
It's right. nothing. Right. And right. and so and Grant Haley is playing his butt off. That's an undrafted. He's an undrafted free agent, by yeah. the way. Grant yeah. Haley's playing his butt off. Darion Kendrick is aggressive and he's staying aggressive and he's playing his butt off. He will miss on a couple of plays, but they want that. They want him to take those opportunities, even if he's missing on the ball or he's making the play on the ball. They're being aggressive. Jalen Ramsey is playing really well, keeping the group cohesive. The safeties, you know, they're going through, they're under duress right now. Taylor Rapp's got the the rib situation and uh, Jordan Fuller is on injured reserve. He's been trying to battle through that hamstring that's been bothering him for a couple of weeks now. And finally, they just put him on IR because that's a really finicky situation. So you've got Nick Scott and Terrell Burgess. Terrell Burgess missed a pretty important, that important run fit. He should have slid out instead of sliding in. But at the same time, like I thought he, he saved a couple of really solid plays. Ernest yeah. Jones is playing really well. A couple of really important stops on second down that set up the rush on third down. Bobby Wagner is playing his butt off. There's some yeah. run stops yeah. and the run defense, again, outside of those 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 two explosives of the last two weeks, stopping the run remarkably well, this group is. You know, it's, it's one of those things that when they start taking the ball away, and again, I think that comes with another edge rusher who allows them mm-hmm. to rush four. Um, th- when they're taking the ball away, and I think this group will at some point start taking the ball away. That's when this defense reaches sort of its peak form. And I think they're on a positive trajectory toward that. And like I said, you know what? Like, I know I'm resigned to the fact I'm going to get the comments. I'm going to get the the mentions. I'm resigned to that at this point. Um, 17 points should have been enough last week. 15 points should have been enough. The magic number for this team was 20 yeah. at what they envisioned to be their most rock bottom for their offense that prompted a change at quarterback, unlike that, which the league had seen in many, many years. <laughs> okay. So yeah, if yeah. that, if that's where you're at, you know, we're not moving the goalposts on, well, maybe it should be 10 points. No, 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 no. 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 20 points was this magic. I don't know what it is now. I don't know if they do such things as magic. I don't know. I don't know that yeah. most defenses do, but 20 points was, I know for a fact, in 2020, and they did a great job of it then, and they're doing a great job of it right now. They need yeah. to continue that against the Panthers. They need to probably score uh, to help get this offense mm. on its feet, which is yeah. a sort of a brutal thing to ask your defense to do. But this offense needs some help limping into the bye week at this point. Yeah. And I, I understand I'm going to get the, you know, whatever it is, but that's it's just a simple fact. This yeah. group is playing well, and they are not even at their their final form. There are things that they can clean up, obviously, but it should be enough. It's a fascinating thing to to track, Jordan. And you, of course, are there for all of it. Our, our re- I was going to say listeners, but our listeners too, but definitely our readers also are very fortunate to have you there. Um, still go read the column. Like I know we, we've talked through a lot of this, but uh, Jordan lays it out in a way in print that um, only she can do. And uh, absolutely the right move. I missed the pile. I did, Jordan. But it was <laughs> it was the right call to make uh, to uh, to write a column on this. And like I said, very on point. Jordan will be there all week with you. She will not be limping into the bye week the way that the Rams are. She's sprinting full sprint, 100 percent. And, when you're uh, taking on water, just run it at him. Just run it at him. <laughs> I'll put that on my wall. Um, on Twitter, at Jordan Rodriguez, all week long, the Athletic App website. Thank you to our subscribers. Truly mean that. We do appreciate every one of you um, and your support. And if you're not already on board, I understand things come up. You've got other stuff going on. But now, right now, you can go to theathletic.com slash 11 personnel. You can join the club and you'll get Jordan's favorite thing in the entire world, which is what? A great discount. Anytime you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 personnel podcast, you get my favorite thing in the world every single time, which is a great discount. You guys, this is going to be a ride. Someone tweeted at me earlier, get the coffee ready and I concur. It is going to be a wild roller coaster of a journey for a Rams team that is certainly in problem solving mode, needs a bounce back win in all of the in, in the worst kind of way against this Carolina Panthers team with a defense that can be pretty dangerous if given the opportunity to hang around. 
As always, guys, hope you are taking care of each other. Hope you're taking care of yourselves. Stay hydrated, stay calm, and we'll see you next week.